our final presenter today, we're making uh, good time, is uh, Chris Burns from Novonics, an integrated developer and supplier of high-performance materials, equipment and services uh, to the global lithium-ion battery industry. Um, they've got operations in the US and Canada and sales in more than 14 countries. Uh, now, you don't have to be Elon Musk to work out that uh, battery metals and technology is clearly a, a massively exciting space. Uh, the global deployment of uh, lithium-ion battery technologies has the potential to power the new economy into cleaner and more sustainable future. Um, Chris, if you're ready, we'll, um, we'll pass over the controls to you and um, look forward to you sharing with us uh, more of Novotix's plans um, in the space. Great. Thanks, Warwick, and thanks for having me on. Uh, so I wanted to take this time to give a little introduction to the company, the space we're in, and, and some of our core development and commercialization programs around these advanced battery materials to support uh, lithium-ion battery growth. So as Work said, you know, it's very clear that uh, battery demand and battery growth is, is here and now and very present in the uh, in the eyes of everyone is the electric vehicle sector and, and as well the energy storage sector. And these are really going to be market drivers uh, over the course of this decade that are going to demand massive growth in battery manufacturing. So as you can see here, EV growth um, is is going to be huge over the next 10 to 20 years, going toward half of the half of the fleet produced in the world becoming electric. And what this means is they're all going to be powered by lithium-ion batteries, and that demand curve is growing fast. And the bulk of the cost of lithium-ion batteries is rooted in the materials. And the materials define the performance and enable these, these batteries to meet the requirements of electric vehicles and energy storage systems, which are much harder than the, the previous generation of devices supported by lithium-ion batteries, such as cell phones, and laptops, which really only have lifetime requirements of a few years. So now we're talking about a class of batteries that need to last 10 or 20 years to support these new applications. And the technology that's rooted in the materials and the growth in that material sector is what's going to enable that. So when you look at the battery anode and cathode material markets, the active material markets, it's about a 10 billion US dollar market today. Um, and it's going to grow to somewhere in the 50 to $100 billion range through the course of this decade. So, so fundamentally, that's where the company is focused, is in delivering materials that can support the growth requirements of this industry. And specifically, we are looking at the growth that's coming finally outside of uh, Asia and, and even more specifically China. So... As Work said, we have operations in the United States and Canada. And what you, when you see what's happening in the United States right now, we have battery factories from LG supporting General Motors and Volkswagen. Of course, the Gigafactory with a partnership between Panasonic or Sanyo and Tesla operating in Nevada. And just in the last year, there have been announcements by SK Innovation to invest $1.7 billion into a factory in Georgia, and then subsequently another announcement from them to invest $2.5 billion in, a, in an expansion of that, all to support Volkswagen. And LG Chem is going to be expanding their factory uh, to support General Motors with a new 30-gigawatt-hour plant in Ohio. 
So the, the United States alone is going to more than triple its capacity in the coming years for battery manufacturing. And Europe has actually even higher uh, expectations for its deployed capacity. So we're finally at a state in this industry where we see that the battery manufacturing can occur outside of China and has to be localized in the markets that will consume those batteries, specifically electric vehicles we're looking at here. And the next logical step to remove this reliance on, on, the, on China and Asia is that the material supply chain has to move as well. And, and that's really where we come in. So Novonix's structure looks like this. We have the listed company under the NVX ticker on the ASX. We're looking at a, a North American listing on the OTC market. And inside uh, that listed vehicle, we really have two operating businesses, and we're starting up a third now. So we have our battery technology solutions. This is a company that I founded in 2013, really focused around technologies that accelerate research and development. So we wanted to find ways we could work out whether materials were better for battery lifetime in weeks instead of months or years. And we developed technology to do that, and we supply that type of technology to major cell manufacturers, automotive and consumer electronic OEMs, and researchers around the world. And we also use this as a vehicle to incubate new technologies with a partnership with the university, uh, working on uh, new manufacturing processes, next generation battery materials. And this ecosystem of our research and development technology and, and battery chemistry background is really what led to the formation of our Pure Graphite company, which was originally a joint venture, now fully owned by Novonics. Uh, and its focus was on long-life nanomaterials. So this is synthetic graphite. And this is a material that we took from uh, kind of the concept and R&D stage in 2017 now to a commercial product with a contract in place with Samsung SDI, one of the major cell suppliers in the world, and an agreement with Sanyo, and I'll speak to these a little bit more later, uh, and really ramping our capacity to meet these customer demands. And on the back of our research and development programs at, at Novonics Battery, Testing, Battery Technology Solutions, uh, we've developed new cathode technology as well. So we're playing across the whole materials space for, for lithium-ion cells. And this new patented cathode technology leads to can lead to the ability to produce cathode cheaper, and that's the most expensive part of the battery. And, and we're working on a commercialization program for that as well now. So our board of directors uh, is mostly based out of Australia, uh, really come from a background of entrepreneurs and running large businesses. It's a great support mechanism to have this type of board behind our company because we need to work with the biggest players in the industry and, and the leadership and the expertise and the background that come from our board and folks like Andrew Libris really help us open doors to these companies and work with them across the, the technical and management levels. Our executive team is, is led by myself. I run both of our operations here in North America uh, and have a team uh, around me to support that with our technical teams, about 20 staff in both locations. Our partnership with the university has about uh, 12 people uh, exclusively working on IP generation for us. And again, we've built a team that is focused on 
developing better materials for batteries with a proven record in the in the battery chemistry and battery science space. So really when we look at it, we think about what do these batteries need to be able to do to support the new applications like vehicles and energy storage. And so if you follow the space, you'll you know heard a lot of buzz recently about the idea of a million mile battery, right? So can electric vehicles drive for a million miles on the single battery that they're manufactured with. And the battery has three primary components that dictate the performance, uh, the anode, the cathode, and the electrolyte. And of course, these have to be catered for these long life requirements. And again, we have technology across this whole spectrum where our pure graphite anode material is developed uh, it's scaling commercial production contracts in place with major manufacturers um, to support these long-life applications. Our new cathode technology is, is filed, patents filed uh, around it. It's under development and moving into pilot phase now. So we can work with the same type of companies that we worked with through our anode program around deploying this technology uh, at commercial volume as well. And in the back of all of this is electrolyte, which is the uh, enabler for ions to move between the anode and the cathode during charge and discharge and really helps dictate the life. And our team uh, here at Novonics in, in Halifax in Canada really has a strong background in this space. And we're continually demonstrating improved performance and filing IP around uh, electrolyte formulations that we develop in-house. So really we look at it as we have core competency and technology across the whole spectrum of the materials that are going to be required in this massive growth sector to support the critical applications of electric vehicles and energy storage systems. And this is a bit of our technology roadmap, and I won't dwell on it for too long, but you know, we started the company focused on testing technology that allowed us to build better materials and diagnose those materials faster. And this was our HPC, or high precision charger technology. And we also have a differential thermal analysis technology. So we are uh, based in a research and development mode, uh, but we operate that as a, as a operating business that provides services, sells technology uh, to others in the industry to advance the state of the industry. And while we're doing that, we have programs around our synthetic anode material, silicon carbon materials, these cathode technologies for lower cost. And, and on the longer term, we have programs at the university working on uh, lithium metal-based batteries, solid state beyond lithium ion. And, and at the back of all of that is always running an electrolyte development program and optimizing formulations. And so the, the boxed-off areas are really what are enablers of this type of million-mile battery technology, our anode technology, low-cost, high-performance cathode technologies, and, and enabling electrolyte systems. And so what I really want to, you know, spend the next couple minutes talking about is really our commercial opportunity that's in front of us and scaling at the moment, which is our, our graphite anode material. So when you look at the anode material for lithium-ion batteries, there's really three existing materials that are used. They're all a graphite material, and there's natural graphite, uh, which is mined from the ground, has a high energy density, 
but it doesn't have a very good cycle life. So you find this type of material in phones and laptops because the cost is low. And then you move to the class of synthetic graphite. And you have these high-quality Japanese synthetic graphites that are very expensive, and these mid-tier Chinese synthetic graphites that are cheaper uh, but not as high performance. And really what we've done is we saw this gap in the market to say that the supply chain needed to start to grow outside of Asia. And in the United States, we have the best materials available and the best low-cost sources of power, clean power, to make these synthetic graphite products. And we really focused on building uh, a manufacturing process that could produce a material that was competitive with the best synthetic graphites in the world. Uh, in both performance and cost, and could be done outside of Asia. And when you look at what that means for performance, we measure something called the Coulombic efficiency, which is an indicator of the battery lifetime. And this is the technology that we started the company around in 2013, where we could, in a couple weeks, measure this performance metric, which is indicative of the long-term cycle life. So you can see on the top chart, you know, 10 to 20 cycles, we can tell that the, the material, the Novonix material, is better than the commercial synthetic and better than the commercial natural graphite. And for perspective, there's a cell from a Tesla Model S on this chart just to show where high-performance cells land in these types of measurements. And when you look at the long-term cycling, you can see that our Novonix material, the pure graphite nanomaterial, outperforms the commercial synthetic graphites on the market, significantly outperforms the natural graphites, and these are, you know, cell designs and builds that are as good as the, the cells that you see in, in Tesla Model S vehicles, right? So it's this type of data that we really work to generate in our research and development programs because our team's background is in battery science and battery technology. And this allowed us to bring, you know, this product to market efficiently and actually get to a contract. So the state we're at now with this business is in this initial ramp up. We just completed a capital raise that is really going to allow us to deploy uh, real capacity on the ground, 2,000 tons per year, on the back of a contract with uh, Samsung SDI, and we hope to be moving to further contracts uh, in the coming year. And this is all based out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. And our mid medium-term goal is to ramp to 25,000 tons per year and through the course of this decade, 100,000 tons per year. And there's more detail about all of this in our uh, investor presentation that was released recently around the capital raise. And really what sets us apart uh, from other people in this space is there's lots of people working on developing new materials, but they don't actually have uh, companies that are that they are producing the material for or in progress with. There's really five battery manufacturers that control the market. Uh, Samsung, Sanyo, or Panasonic, um, LG Chem, SK Innovations, and CATL. And we have a supply contract with Samsung SDI, including a long-form R&D collaboration because they see the value in our ecosystem of materials development as well as an MOU in place with Sanyo, a subsidiary of Panasonic, to work on uh, evaluation of the materials coming off our production line for their EV and ESS products after, after initial trials from last year. So when we look at the future of battery technology and where we want to apply our technologies, 
you look at the current state of the industry of, of these NMC, nickel, manganese, cobalt materials versus synthetic graphites, and you can see the performance is, uh, is not so great. 400 cycles in these types of experiments. You can move to a new type of cathode, single crystal uh, NMC, which is materials that we have patents around unique manufacturing methods of, and you can see how much you can improve the performance and cycle life. Then when you use advanced electrolyte systems like the ones we develop and, and are patenting, you can improve the cycle life further. But what really gets people excited is when you swap out the commercial synthetic graphite for our pure graphite material, you can see you get much better uh, energy and capacity retention over the life of the battery. So when we think about what this really means for supporting these long life applications and things like a million mile battery, if we look at these curves and where they where they are now in our cycling data, and we you know guide the eye with some projection lines, you can see that these commercial materials are are with single crystal graphite single crystal cathodes are you know able to reach over five hundred thousand equivalent driving miles. And when you use great electrolyte systems like the ones we developed, you can reach a million miles. And when you use our high quality synthetic graphite, you know we can we can blow a million miles out of the water. So this is really where we're focused, is in driving the performance of lithium-ion cells up and the cost of those cells down with new materials. And so, you know, what we are delivering are materials that are going to support this high-growth industry of electric vehicles and energy storage systems. And our focus is in the research and development in redefining manufacturing processes to deliver these lower-cost uh, lower waste processes, and then commercializing and scaling those those technologies. We have a great technical team with core competencies across all all of cell technology and design and materials, and great connections in the industry through our through our technical work, as well as through management level uh, with battery manufacturers, consumer electronic, and auto OEMs. And we've demonstrated the performance of these materials and actually have customers that are, that are signing contracts to start buying. So we're the only company to break into this market from North America or, or Europe. And our cathode technology that we're moving on scale into pilot now uh, is an even bigger opportunity than the NO business that we're scaling uh, in Tennessee. So we're part of uh, a rapidly growing market of battery materials, and our goal is to be a, a tier one supplier in this space. And so with that, I, I think I'll uh, stop and see if there are any questions. Thanks uh, very much, Chris. We've uh, had a number of questions uh, come in. Just before I get to those, just a reminder to everyone uh, online, if you would like to be booked into next week's session, uh, then just type in yes into your uh, chat box, and our team will look after look after that for you, make sure you're booked in. Um, right, the, the first question we had, Chris, is uh, from uh, Nick. Do you expect to spin off any of these new products and companies into uh, new ASX companies as they become cash flow positive? Um, yeah, we're still looking at the, the best way to structure those. Right now, the plan is to hold things under the, the current listed company and, and build them to a certain state. But then, of course, when they are uh, in production, cash flow positive entities, there there may be reasons to, to list them separately. But I'd say we're looking at all options now. Right. 
Um, the commercialization uh, question around the electrolytes um, that comes from uh, Nick as well. Are you um, able to? It refers to a previous webinar, um, but uh, just in terms of joint ventures with a chemical company or uh, sort of manufacturers in house in terms of the electrolytes, Chris? Yeah, I think the electrolyte technologies will mostly be focused around not manufacturing but partnerships or licensing models, um, you know, because those pro the technologies that we develop there are really focused around um, demonstrating the best performance of different materials but not necessarily manufacturing those materials. Our anode and our cathode programs are really about driving cost out of the manufacturing product. Uh, process with, you know, unique developments of manufacturing technology, and that gives us the ability to either scale those technologies internally or, again, work with partners um, to license that technology to existing uh, manufacturers of these materials. But for the electrolyte, I think we would stay focused on a partnership or licensing model and not a production model. Right. Um a question from Jackie on capacity. Um, just questioning whether the 25,000 tons uh, of pure graphite by 2025 um, might be on the low side considering Tesla's already uh, consuming 30,000 tons in its Nevada factory. Is that uh, Yeah, Yeah, so that's a great question, right? So hmm. uh, for rough numbers, um, about a gigawatt hour is about a thousand tons a year. So that slide I showed had about 130 gigawatt hours coming online in North America, in the USA, uh, over the next three years. So that means 130,000 tons of that material is this type of high performance graphite is needed in the U.S. Uh, even in 2023. So I think you know the way we've tried to build our our models and objectives is to is not to say that we are going to take that entire uh, supply chain and market, but to show that we, you know, want to be a real participant um, and a significant player in that. And I think, of course, you know, with the right contracts in place, we could scale more quickly. But this is the, the way we've set our objectives now, and, and we think even these objectives, if they're on the low side, uh, still build a, you know, a healthy, great business. Yeah, I think the last question that's just ticked over one o'clock is uh, from Ryan. Um, what are the prospects of U.S. government grants um, to expand manufacturing? Yeah, there's uh, there's great opportunities with uh, U.S. government to deploy manufacturing um, jobs and technology within the U.S. Um, there are different grant and loan friendly loan um, programs, and we're engaged with the DOE on a number of those. And so our goal is to fund, you know, we've, we've completed this capital raise to go through this first phase of build-out, and then our goal is subsequently to build capacity on the back of contracts and use debt, and potentially um, debt supported by the federal government in the U.S. Uh, to, to expand that plant or build new plants. 